About Us podcast. I'm Caitlin. I'm Allie. And I'm Kira. We got so much positive feedback from last week's episode that we decided to give you guys a part two. People decided to ask us to dig a little deeper, and so that's what you're going to get today. And if you were triggered and you decided to skip last week's episode, today's episode will be one in the same. Today's topic was suggested by a couple of listeners, and I know it can be triggering for some people. If you are heavily triggered by talks about trauma, sexual assault, and familial relationships, we will not be offended if you skip this episode. One thing about us, we want you to take care of your mental health. Mm-hmm. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. So I know last time we talked about trauma and what it is and things like that, but now I really want to dive into what are the symptoms looking like on people. So it could be flashbacks, nightmares, intrusive or uncontrollable thoughts, anxiety, fear, anger, emotional numbing, depression, detachment, withdrawal, and shame so I think you know today we really want to dive into sometimes the traumatic events sometimes don't have any symptoms sometimes they have all the symptoms sometimes they have none so it just depends on the person and the type of trauma they experienced so a lot of people who experience sexual assault have these symptoms sometimes right away sometimes six months from then sometimes years away it's just a matter of when you're ready to acknowledge it sometimes it happens that way so sexual assault is defined as an unwanted sexual experience um and it could be through a lot of different things it's not just through penetration and that's what a lot of people don't understand between sexual harassment and sexual assault what are your thoughts on that ladies well i think rape is the word for penetration but sexual assault can be many things it can be unwanted touching and inappropriate basically anything that's inappropriately an unwanted advance in a sexual manner is considered to be sexual assault to me Mm -hmm. um i think having gone through that experienced several times in my life starting very very young in the third grade I had my first experience with sexual assault and to be quite honest I don't think I even knew what that was I didn't know that it was wrong I didn't know that it was you know it wasn't until people were like don't tell your mom and you know like this is our secret and you know like don't tell our teacher and I promise I'll be your friend and me being so desperate for attention and although this was coming from the wrong areas, I didn't realize how this was negatively affecting me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until fast forward to my high school career where a similar situation happened to me in the locker room at high, in high school that I realized I am a repeat victim. Mm-hmm. I continuously allowed people to do these things to me that made me feel dirty, that made me feel un. disgusting basically because to me I internalize that as acceptance Mm -hmm. if someone is sexually attracted to me then they must like me they must accept me for me they must you know this is me seeking approval from my peers because not getting that from the relationships with adult figures in my life that I desired that and needed that from Mm -hmm. um 
Ooh, I think that was the first time I like mm-hmm. said that. Mm-hmm. Not me reading myself. Good okay. girl, you you better heal that inner child, girl. Woo! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, I was projecting that for a while, like into my relationships with people. Like, why don't you want me in this manner? Why aren't you wanting to be with me all the time and touch me all the time and this and this and that? Like, almost like hypersexualization. Yes. Really. Like, if you don't want that, then you don't like me. I'm getting all this attention from these, this guy and this guy and this guy. We always make the joke about how my DMs are full. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're all saying the same thing. That's just not attractive to me. But as a child, it was desirable because I was craving that acceptance, that to feel important, to mm-hmm. for people to notice me because that was the only time people did. Mm-hmm. And then when I went started going through puberty early and the boobs came and all these things came, then it, it, it like took off from there. Right. Yeah. And even now as an adult, people making sexual advances can be triggering yes because it's like that's the only way you're showing me attention yeah is because of your sexual desire Mm -hmm. for me and then experiencing sexual assault as a child it definitely complicates how you experience sexual relationships as an adult Mm -hmm. it's either hypersexualization or you just are afraid of sex and you don't want to be touched at all and both sides of the spectrum are very extreme and it takes a lot of healing and acknowledgement to do that and that's why people struggle with relationships after experiencing that because the trust is broken yes your ability to trust that foundation that you were supposed to have is rocky Mm -hmm. and there's nothing there and then like you said you felt disgusting Mm -hmm. you felt undesirable and that's the shame that you took on not voluntarily right but as kids, that's this must be our fault. We think this is the way we look. This must be our fault. The reason why this keeps happening to us, it has to be our fault. If that's mm-hmm. the case, we place that victim blaming on ourselves. Like, we should have done this, or we should have done that, or we, we shouldn't have looked this way. You had no control how puberty was going to affect you. But that's literally what I do. Like, when I first started going to my... She's not my current therapist no more, y'all, because I didn't change insurances. But when I first started going to my therapist, one of the things she said was, like, what brings you to therapy? Mm-hmm. Like, why you? And the first thing I said to her, she always reminds me of this, but the first thing I said to her was, I'm defective. And she's like, why do you feel that? And, of course, I got emotional immediately because there's a whole slew of reasons why I feel defective. But she was digging to the point of, why do you feel disposable? Mm. You know? Because this is this is how people have made me feel. This is, I feel like I'm only good enough for that. Mm-hmm. Once the chase is gone, once the desire is gone, then what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think it's cute that all these guys are in my DMs, but it's really not. No. That's not attractive to me. And it took me a while to get there. Kaylin and I have had these conversations before too, like, now, if a guy approached me, he say anything about the way I look, we're not talking. Yeah. I will immediately shut it down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to be like, you're beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's another thing to be like, wow, what size are your boobs? Yeah. yeah. That's a hard it's no a for no. me. It's a no. Very much a no. If you say anything sexual to me, we will no longer talk. Mm-hmm. 
that is the hard boundary that I have set because I will not allow myself to even be in the same room with people who only see that because my fear of yeah. a repeat situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will literally not be in the same room with a guy alone because I don't trust men. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't even feel comfortable being around male figures in my family alone. Mm-hmm. I don't. And no, not because of something they've done to me. This is just a part of my healing journey. I need to get to a point where I can trust men. And right now, I don't. And I'm not ashamed to admit that healing is not linear. No, it's not. I may have overcome the acceptance of who I am as a person and how people have projected this feeling onto me. But I still have my trust issues. Yeah. When I meet men, like, and now that I'm back in the dating scene and stuff like that, I'm like, if you have the one thing, we ain't doing it. It's going to be 10,000 years before we do that. Mm-hmm. Because this ain't that. Yeah. And in a way, you are protecting yourself. You're putting up that boundary. And it's okay to set that boundary because you're trying to protect yourself. And that is good that you're trying to protect yourself and you're acknowledging okay this is what you're looking for you gotta go Mm -hmm. you gotta go and it's great that you're able to communicate that and accept that like okay listen if that's what you're here for bye bye because there are people who think that they still need that even after experiencing the sexual assault because they're still trying to find ways that like where can I feel important again where can I feel like I value again it takes a lot of self-healing it takes a lot of trying to release that victim blaming that this is my fault that this happened to me versus someone else decided to afflict abuse onto you Mm -hmm. and a lot of people really struggle with that Mm -hmm. they really do they do I think for me like navigating like adulthood is hard because one I felt like the adults in my life didn't do a good job of protecting me from that um so I do have a hard time of expressing myself like my first instinct is to get angry because I'm angry I'm angry that I had to experience what I did and no one did anything about it I'm angry that in certain scenarios it was like okay but you shouldn't have been wearing a tank top I'm angry that we keep making excuses for these predators, because that's essentially what they are, Mm -hmm. instead of protecting our victims. It doesn't matter what she wore. It doesn't matter if she sent you a kissy emoji because she was flirty the day before. It doesn't matter. Unless it came out of her mouth. Yes. She wants... this whole situation to go down unless she told you out of her own mouth that she is willing to have sex with you there is no other reason for you to be forcing yourself Mm -hmm. on anybody else no it's no or even the other way around Mm -hmm. because it happens it does and that person has every right to change their mind yes in the moment yep even in the moment oh but you said yes before okay but now it's no Mm -hmm. now it is no Mm mm-hmm and I don't have to explain that any further. A no should just be a no. And it's not up to you to question that. Yeah. No. 
Like, I said no, and that's a boundary I set. Mm-hmm. Right. I just got a hiccup on the air. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. It's, it's hard because then after you experience a sexual assault, especially as a kid, um, typically kids tend to wet themselves. Um, Which I did for a long time. And that's a missed symptom so, so much. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even learn that until I was in my career um, that kids wet themselves when after a sexual assault or there's sexual molestation happening. Um, not saying it's every kid. Right. You know, I don't want to scare parents and be like, right. oh my God, my child's wet in the bed. Um, but that's what happens because they're feeling sensations there that they do not understand. They think they have to go to the bathroom and they, they're doing what they know. They're only doing what they know. So as you grow up to be a child, now you're looked up as a bedwetter. There's something wrong with you. Now you're a problem child. So then when you're around certain adults or certain people and they're able to get you alone to do that to you, you are already looked at as the problem. Oh, he, they wet the bed. They're this, they're not. Now you start behaving differently, you know, because of the way that trauma affects the brain. And when you see a big change in a child's personality, it's because they've been through trauma. Yeah, don't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Don't ignore it. If you notice that your child's personality, um, they're like, if they are now like short tempered or they just completely went silent on you, don't ignore those because something had to happen. And I'm not saying like, you know, it could it can be it could be a big thing and it could be a small thing um it doesn't have to be sexual abuse but in those moments if you know your child and this is not your child's behavior just don't ignore those signs because regardless of whether it was a big thing or not you have to just be there for your child just being there showing up acknowledging what they're feeling being f- there for them is going to help them in the long run yeah, and it, allowing them to feel. Yeah. Yes. Like, if you're a child. If your child is expressing discomfort or dislike of a person, you should honor that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do not. This is, you know, it's crazy because I didn't realize this until my therapist pointed this out. You know how you go visit a family member that you haven't seen in a while, and mostly grandparents, older generations, they want to hug and kiss you. They want to do all this extra stuff and mm-hmm. things like that. I don't, my, if my kid said no, no is no. Right. I don't care if you said, Aunt Susie said, give her a kiss. No. He don't want to be touched. So no. And I feel like that is the first step to our parents basically telling you, you must accept certain yeah. unwanted touching yep. from certain people. Yeah. What you want and don't yes. want does not matter because that is your family member. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is how so, oh my God, many cycles and generations of familial sexual assault yeah. happens. Yes. Mm-hmm. I literally, when I was talking about it, I didn't even like bring this up to my therapist. It just kind of like came up in conversation. And she said to me, do I think that that's a direct reflection of my trauma? Mm-hmm. Put, overprotecting my kids' feelings and emotions because I don't want them to feel what I felt. And it's the truth. Yeah. And if Susie is offended that Aiden didn't want to give her a hug, oh, well, bro. He just won't be hugging you. 
<laughs> Poor Susie, she a dick too. <laughs> right. No, but yeah, seriously, it's true. It is. It's very it true. is. It it definitely is, and they think it's a sign of disrespect. But it's like no, you. A lot of I feel like this may sound really messed up. We weren't respected as kids. No. Children are not respected. Their feelings aren't respected. Their wants, their desires are not respected. No. So if they're saying, no, I, I, I don't want to hug them, and they're like, no, hug them. Like, don't be disrespectful. So now yeah. that was just your consent just being stripped from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have a say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they take away your right to say yes or no to anything because you are a child. Because yep. you're a child. Yep. Children have feelings. Children feel and now I'm an adult feeling those childhood feelings. Right. Because they got taken away. They got misplaced in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, I am that angry friend. Because of everything that I've been through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a symptom. Not saying, like, you're, you're angry because of that. But you have every right to be angry. And the main part is that is because there was no accountability. There was no, quote-unquote, justice. Like, you have every right to feel angry. You can be angry that it happened to you and then angry about that there was a lack of aftermath afterwards. So it's like, so nobody's going to care that, that this has happened to me. And I know we talk about, you know, having it to, to children a lot, but teenage girls, like mm-hmm. you said, it happened to you in high school. Teenage girls are so impressionable and they just want to be liked by whatever, whoever, that they literally tolerate anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they think, oh, well, they're a teenager. Like, they could, they could fight them off. They could say this. No. No. That's still a child. Mm-hmm. That is still a child. I mean, in my scenario, I quite literally couldn't fight them off. It was an entire yeah. team of people. Yeah. Like, they were barricading the doors and everything to the locker room, so I quite literally could not leave. And it's also those people who are bystanders. Yes. Who watch and laugh along when that type of behavior is being done because you are very much just as responsible as the person who was doing the touching like you 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 could have literally helped me but you decided not to and i remember those people Mm -hmm. and that's the same people that be in my comments and on instagram and stuff like that like y'all can save it Mm -hmm. because that shit really stuck with me yeah. Like, really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, of course, of course. Because, and, it, and it's just even going back to the last episode of, like, that stuck with you, but that was just a regular day to them. And that's what sucks because we internalize what happened to us because the external factors, there's no justice, there's no accountability, there's no... Apology. There's just nothing that comes from it, mm-hmm. and now you're left to pick up the pieces as a child. Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest. One, the guy that actually did the act did apologize mm-hmm. about six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel what I thought I would have felt. Mm-hmm. I thought that when he apologized, I would feel better. Mm. But I didn't. I still felt... Like, even though this was years ago, why did I have to be on a track team to be in that locker room to begin with? 
why was I changing? Why did I just so happen to be changing from my uniform? You understand what I'm saying? Like, maybe had I just left class on time and not been late to practice, this would have never happened. Me replaying that day, I could quite literally tell you everything that I wore down to the underwear. That's how traumatic it was for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to live with that for the past 12 years. Mm-hmm. So for I'm sorry, but your apology is 12 years too late. Yeah, it is. And, and you still got to move on. Yeah. Yes. Play your sports, live your life, and yes. do you. Mm-hmm. While I struggled every single day. And mm-hmm. had to look at that person. Yes. Yeah. At that moment, you wanna, you want to think, what was he, what, what was going on in his life at that time, where he felt compelled, after twelve years, to come DM you out of nowhere, to apologize. What was going on in his mind? What was going on, where you know, because that's not. I'm gonna be honest. I called him on his shit because I posted a picture. Over 200 people liked it, mm-hmm. and he was one of them, and he, like, swiped up on the picture and sent it to me with, like, the heart eye emojis, mm-hmm. and I said, no thanks. Yeah. Like, literally, no thanks. That's yeah. it, period. And, obviously, he inquired. Uh, he wanted to know why I was so cold-hearted, why this, why that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you don't remember? Uh, right, because it was a Let me refresh your memory. Right. On Wednesday at 3. Yes. You had to tee him up for yes. the apology. That's why the apology didn't it didn't matter. Well because you yeah. had to remind him what happened. What happened. That's yeah. why it didn't feel that way. Yeah. Because you had to set him up for the apology. I, it, if you wouldn't have said like anything. It came out of his way. Right. It, 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 still it wasn't genuine. Have, yeah, it wasn't genuine. It wasn't genuine. Wow. Mm. The saddest part is this person hangs out with people that I know, hang out with people that I Mm-hmm. typically would have hung out with which is why I removed myself from this friend group altogether mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying Yeah. like I can't even stand to be in the same room with this person mm-hmm. because I'm bothered by the fact that you really got to live life and I cried myself to sleep mm-hmm. you're allowed to be yeah. here you are and people, I feel like people are, are like, you know, you go to therapy and you talk out your issues. It's not going to just magically go away. It's mm-hmm. not like you go to therapy and they fix you. It's okay to still be upset. It's yeah. okay to still feel those emotions. So when we talk about therapy, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I went to therapy and I talked out all my issues. And, right. you know, it doesn't it's mean not you're not allowed to talk all. about them again. Right. Yeah. You're not allowed to feel the emotions again. Just because I am crying and I'm still upset about it doesn't mean I haven't, you know, Done grown work. from it and also like found different ways to cope in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people should also know that that, you know, it's not a it's not a fix it shop. No. And I think that's what people expect yeah. out of therapy. That's why I like to say like, okay, you're healing. It's more like a journey rather than like, okay, you're healed. It is not a destination. You're not mm-hmm. just, you could be, because you may say, okay, yeah, you know, I'm over this situation. Like, I'm good. I could talk about it without crying. A month later, you're crying in the middle of the night, just remembering that whole day. Mm-hmm. We are always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, some days are just more manageable yeah. than others. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. 
that's okay. We are healing constantly. Like we're lifelong learners. We have to constantly learn how to regroup and reprocess because what may affect you 10 years ago may affect you differently 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to be constantly healing. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. You should be there on the journey because that's what life is. Mm-hmm. Things are not just going to stop happening to us. We have to constantly heal. Things are going to trigger us. Yeah. And that's what we have to remember. I think triggers are hard. Yeah, triggers are hard. I would say, like one of like the biggest triggers is like bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That just stays with you. It just stays with you. I. I can't personally, I mean, obviously everybody, I've not everybody, but I've felt some type of bullying, but not to the extent of like, as as bad as it could get. Mm -hmm. We all know like, bullying can get very, very bad, obviously to the point of, you know, possible, um, you know, suicide. Yes. Um, But the first time I kind of experienced bullying and I kind of just like not me personally but seeing it from the other side um, I was in elementary school and I was friends with this one girl who was the bullier mm. um, so you know I knew she wasn't the nicest person but she was my friend you know like she wasn't mean to me she, you know, she was my friend. She was another one of those people that I would spend a lot of my time with at her house and stuff like that. But she was, she was a mean girl. She could be mean. And um, she, there was this particular kid who, you know, was the one, like, the outcast one. People didn't really talk to. Um, they made fun of him for what he wore and stuff like that. So this was around, like, fifth grade. And she was really mean to him. Um, granted, I never partook in any of that, but again, I was a bystander. Did I jump in and tell her, like, that's not cool, don't say that? No, I didn't. I kind of just, you know, would just stand off to the side and let her say what she was going to say. And um, until one day we were in class and she was talking about him and, and to his face and he got upset and he was like, I'm going to kill y'all. Me, guilty by association, because I'm sitting there. I'm her friend. So, you know, we told our parents. They went to the school, let them know. And we stayed home. And the next day, he brought a knife to school. He brought a knife to school. And that was, like, the first time I, like, really understood how deeply somebody's words can affect somebody to the fact that he was really really willing to hurt hurt like her and me because i was just a bystander the saddest part is he would have not only ruined your life her life and your family's life but he would have ruined his own life because he would have been considered a criminal at such a very young age words hurt yeah And that was when I was like, from that moment, I was like, I would, I'll never ever be that person to pull out a cell phone when somebody's 
fighting or when somebody's arguing, I'm not gonna be that person if some, like, if, I, like, I try not to interject myself into other people's drama, but if I see it's literally a defenseless, if somebody's defenseless with a whole bunch of people ganging up on them, the type of person I am, I can't let that slide. Right. That's just me. Like, I just cannot, I just, I can't let that happen. Beca I guess it's because of that situation that happened then. Because it, it's crazy to think, because like, really, he he thought that was his only option. Mm -hmm. yeah. To get rid of you. Yeah. Right. He thought that was his only option. And that's really sad because the school should have recognized that the bullying mm -hmm. was happening. Mm -hmm. And it just thinks because I don't know if he told his parents. Right. Yeah, because you don't know their at home life. The thing is, the thing is though, bystanders as well. Yeah. The thing is though, you cannot seriously blame put the blame solely on the school because it is very hard. Kaylin, you're a teacher, so yeah. you can attest to this. There's no way you can be everywhere at once. No, there isn't. When those kids are at the lunchroom, depending on what type of school it is, you can't control what's happening there. Right. When they're out on, on a playground and having recess and they're running off and the teachers are saying, you can't control what's happening there. You don't know what's being said. And just because someone's not physically putting their hands on you don't mean they're not bullying you. Right. right. So you may not physically see the acts happening, but mm -hmm. it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to protect every single child when you're just one person. Yeah. I got that. But it's also the fact that if I'm coming to you as a parent... That's different. Right. You know, that's what if I'm, I'm saying. coming that's to you as a parent... That's what I'm saying. ...to the school on multiple occasions where I'm telling you my child is being bullied, physically or just words, and it's affecting him, they don't want to spring into action until the worst-case scenario happens. They don't yes. spring into action until something physical yeah. happens. Yeah, but that's the only time they want to spring into action, and then they want to send condolences when it is the worst. I don't want your... I don't want it. No, I don't want it. I know I'm suing the hell out of you. That's what I do know. Because I, I have I have documentation that I saw you on this day and I spoke to you on this day yep. and I tried to do this and you ignored me and I gave you a call on this day and you was giving me the runaround. I have it all documented because it's just it's just when it comes down to you know no everybody just wants to back away when it's when it's just the worst case scenario. But I feel like bullying is, it's another one of those traumas that stays with you for life and can affect you in different, different ways. Definitely. I feel um, like yeah. for me, I did experience bullying mm -hmm. my whole life. When I was going to school in New York City, there was the colorism thing. There was the whole, like, she's super dark compared to everyone else and, like, these sorts of things. And, you know, I did grow up with a parent who was super, super strict. My mom did not allow me to go nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? No sleepovers, no none of, like, none of that. Mm -hmm. So all my friends were getting to go to so-and-so's house, and they were getting to live life like kids. And every time we, we would come back to school, they would be talking about the fun they had over the weekend, and everybody's getting together outside of school and things like that. And I missed out on those opportunities because my mom was protecting me from the unknown, mm -hmm. right? And that's fine. That's what she chose to do as a parent. But I got bullied for that yeah, because yeah, I was the I only around. kid right. who didn't do stuff. Yeah who wasn't like the others. And then she moved me from Brooklyn to Edison, and then I got bullied for not being good enough. People called me an Oreo because my <laughs> skin is black and I quote-unquote talk white, 
or because I'm in advanced courses and you know yep yep, I had AP classes and you know I I, we talk about this a lot but I did excel academically so I got bullied for that I didn't fit in with the black kids because I wasn't black enough because I didn't talk like yeah you know I didn't listen to ghetto rap music I didn't I didn't grow up like that so I didn't fit in with the black kids Mm -hmm. but I also didn't fit in with the white kids because it was pretty evident I wasn't white right so I got bullied everywhere I went And then I had classes with Indian kids and stuff like that because I was in accelerated courses and things like that. And they didn't want nothing to do with black people. So I struggled. Yeah, but come on, let's be real. Edison? Some of them. I don't know because when I moved to Edison, I moved to, when I I left Highland Park, I moved to Edison. I went, I started at our middle school. Mm -hmm. I, like, first thing, obviously, I don't know anybody. The only people that befriended me were the Indians. My eighth grade, um, what was it called? The eighth formal. grade formal picture. Mm-hmm. Me and four other Indian girls. Yes. Because those were my friends. They, they were the ones that kind of like you know took me in. I'm new to the school, and they befriended me compared to everybody else. Like obviously, Allie's in a grade behind me, so I don't have any classes with her. Like I. See, barely see her in the school but they're so they befriended me compared to even some of the black yes people yes. at the school because i like you said i was the oreo i didn't fit their standard mm-hmm. i wasn't listening to that rap, stereotypical like, black stereotypical, woman yeah yes. exactly i was into disney yes and, oh my like, god yes ashley tisdale and Channel blah, blah, blah. 31. yeah like <laughs> i was into all that stuff and that was not cool to them. Yeah. To be a black girl. Like, that wasn't cool. Like, that wasn't the standard. So, I didn't fit in with them. And then, you know, like, there was there was white people at, you know, at the middle school. But, you know, there again. wasn't that many. It wasn't that many. Right. But for me, it was the complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. For you understand yeah, what you I'm saying? I went to school opposite. on the other side of town, and it was solely white. Yeah, so it was. I was yes. the minority. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it, they literally looked at me like I did not belong no. there. Yeah. The principal didn't even like me. Mm-hmm. And then I went to high school, and the bullying Same. continued. Right. Yeah. Even from teachers. Mr. He straight up told my mom, I'm worthless, and I would never be nothing. Wow. And I will never forget that. And we going back to I will literally never forget that mm-hmm. because yeah. I was doing so well and he was the first time I got to see history. Mm-hmm. And if y'all know, we've talked about this before. Math and science is my thing. Mm-hmm. You tell me about four score and seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about shit. Okay. I <laughs> but I could bunce in that burner. <laughs> Stop stealing my life. But yeah, it's being called in Oreo. I will I'm not going to say it's traumatizing, but that sticks with me. It is traumatizing. That, that is traumatizing. That carried me all, all up until adulthood. Yeah. Because, okay, so I've been called an Oreo by my own family members. Me too. Yes, by yes. Me former too. partners, former partners' families, by friends' families. Mm-hmm. Why? Because what you think I'm supposed to be as a black girl is not what you expected me mm-hmm. to be. Right. And that's because of the way I talk. Why? Because I talk white. Because I talk like I'm educated. Yeah, but what is talking white? Right. Exactly. It's let's let's, it's let's get on that. Yeah. It's educated. It's educated. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't like, help where I grew up. I grew up. Grew up, I was born and raised in Edison. So, like, but I didn't go to school with the white kids. I went to school with the Indian kids, and the Indian kids are smart as shit. Yeah. So, 
And they didn't like that I was the only black girl in their reading group and things mm-hmm. like that. They literally did not like that. Mm-hmm. I remember even feeling like the first time I got, one of the first times I got discriminated against was in second grade. There was this bad as shit white kid. And he was so bad, but nothing ever happened to him. And I was, I, you know, I was quiet. No, I wasn't quiet. Just kidding. I <laughs> I was not quiet, but I was good. Like I caused no problems, like uh-huh. you know. But the one day that he decided to mess with me, I punched him in his freaking face. Yeah. And you know what? I got in trouble. And you know what my teacher at the nerd just said to me? And we just learned about Martin Luther King. He would be ashamed of you. Oh Lord. And when I tell you, my dad drop her name up, and her Addy while we I at it. When I tell you, y'all know who my daddy, daddy was. Uh huh. He pulled up to that school so freaking fast. Like, and I just remember, like, what the heck? And she just rubbed it in my face that, like, I retaliated because he was bothering me. But yet this kid, who was known to be bad as fuck, didn't didn't get anything. And then I remember in middle school, our vice principal, when we all got in trouble for the way we were dancing. Yeah. When we all got discriminated against and we all got kicked out of the dance for the way we were dancing to certain music. That was the music y'all were playing. Right. It's just, like, the constant discrimination, the constant, you know, I didn't fit in with the ghetto black kids either. Like, Mm. I wasn't allowed to hang with them. No. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Not my mama. I definitely wasn't friends with the white kids because, I mean, we didn't go to school with a lot of white kids anyway. We didn't. But but. it's just, like, I I was only allowed, I was literally only allowed to go to friends' houses if they didn't have any men in the house. Mm. Like... And that's just what it but was. But why is that? But why is that? Fear is that's that stuff. constant fear. Fear. Of and I, just... too, am afraid of men. You know what's crazy? Because my mom was the same way. I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers, and I was still sexually assaulted on several occasions. Right. You cannot protect your kids from everything. everything. No. I'm not saying don't try. Because right. I'm not trying for my kids. Mm-hmm. But that's not the answer. No, no, it's not. And to this day, I... I'm afraid of men. Like, I remember when the maintenance people would come in and say, if, like, my parents weren't home, I would literally have a knife in my hand and walk around the house because I was so terrified. Because that's what they drilled in your head. Exactly. Exactly. I don't like male attention. Like, I I hate it. Please do not look at me. Please don't look my way. Even when we were walking to the car, when we walked out, this guy was like, hey, 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 like, stop. It yeah. literally terrifies me. Like, when I look at it in my car, I know we joke about it. I look to the back because yeah. I'm, like, it, like, I'm terrified. But that's the world we live in, though. Mm-hmm. You have to do that stuff. Yes. Yes. You have to do that stuff. That's why you got to be packing it in the trunk. <laughs> I hear In the trunk. But right. that's, we have to do that stuff. And that's just a whole other problem within itself. Why do we have to walk around with our neck, with our heads on a swivel at all times? My head ain't swiveling. My hip do. <laughs> Um, okay, Shakira. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. But, yeah. Because my parents talk, well, my, my family talks about, you know, they grew up, we grew up, I, they grew up in Highland Park, um, which is predominantly like Jewish town. Um, and even when they grew up, it was mostly white. Um, and they grew up better than most black people. Mm. So they had money. They had new clothes, like, 
you know, they shopped at, my grandmother shopped at Macy's, and they had new outfits, oh, and they shit. never went Macy's. to school looking dirty. Department right. store money, okay, Nana, a lot. <laughs> okay, the fragrance section, <laughs> she was in there. So, but you fast forward years later, and it's those same family members that went through that, that tell you, oh, why you act like a white girl? Yes. Or, oh like, gosh. like country music or like oh my gosh this is why i don't plug my phone in on the aux because <laughs> i will listen to luke bryan oh me too but i'm gonna listen to drake right but i'm right. gonna listen to t I swift like everything you do not listen to luke bryan i don't not listen to luke bryan <laughs> but i do listen to i forgot this one girl name it's called the breakup song that is it's a country song that's i gotta play it for y'all oh this. my goodness but it'd be the same family members that turn around and do the same thing to you that they just told you that they went through so I get it. It's like that continued trauma, but we need to talk about that. And it stops here, though. Oh, it, it definitely stops here. Our generation is like that. Like that literally does not exist. Mm-hmm. It definitely like stops there, here. there is no act white, act black. We ain't doing that shit. No, Mm-mm. we don't. You are who you are, and I distinctly remember like my grandmother. Not my nana. That's my boo. My grandmother. Mm-hmm. She literally was like, one day, I, I don't know why I was with her, because I'm never with her, but she literally was like, you think you, all that, with your fancy white education? Ooh. Okay. And this is why I'm going to take my million dollar education and walk out the door, because yeah. you're not even worth having a conversation like, with. Because you're not going to even understand what I'm talking about. Everything about you is ignorant. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Yep. You don't even waste your brain. I don't even need to explain like myself to you. Because That's if you think being educated is associated with being white, you're the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. Not society. Yep. Not saying right. society ain't got their issues, because they do. Right. Yep. Of course. Education does not belong to a certain race. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's But this the same person that was upset that I ain't going to my college graduation because they wanted to go. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you talked all that yeah. shit. Yeah. Right. And then you, you ready to celebrate accomplishments. Yeah. You don't deserve to be at that table. Mm-hmm. No. Not at all. But I bet you if I say, yo, girl, you said this, she'd be like, no, I didn't. No, girl, you, oh, you did. did. Thank you for that. That yep. amnesia be coming real quick. Yeah. yeah. Handy. Manny. Sorry. That's that's <laughs> even like like when, when I found out I was pregnant with Aiden. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know what name. I want my kid. This ain't got nothing to do with black or white or anything like that. I'm just tired of walking in the store and not seeing my name on a keychain. God damn it. So, I said I was going to name my kids keychain names. I like to call it keychain names because it's the names that when you go in the store, you're going to find it on a mug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I said Aiden. I love the name Aiden. And then one of my cousins who can't have children, she was going to name her son Aiden. So, I told, we talked about it. We decided to move forward with Aiden. Not their, their family, their dad's family being like, you're going to whitewash your children. So, because he has a mainstream name, he's whitewashed. So what what they want his name to be? They wanted it to be uh like Daquan or something oh, like that. Uh, I'm just I dating one of those. I mean, I got a I got a cousin named Daquan. Not 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 shitting on Daquans, but why why it's just a, it's a name. It's a name. That's just like how people say my name is Allison, and I was really told that they expected a white person to walk through the door. Oh, I get that all the time. Caitlin. Yes, and Akira is Asian. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. It's literally an anime. 
But that's why, that's part of the reason that I chose the names that I chose for my children because I want them to have a fair advantage. No, I'm grateful that I have my name. I'm yes. I'm glad that my name is Allison. It could definitely be worse. Yes. Bonquisha? <laughs> yeah, Bonquisha. I just have Mercedes. Mer- it's always Mercedes. Or I could be named after alcohol. Like. Alizé? I'm not saying it. Don't. Tequila? 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 There's I, definitely somebody out there. Jay Quillen? A. Ron? I can't. I can't. But it's true. It's it true. Like, you know. But see, these are all traumatic experiences because these are the people who are supposed to love us. Yes. Yeah. Like, these are the people who are supposed to, like, believe in us. And they're telling us that our name's not good, how we talk is not good. Like, so how are we supposed to ever feel a sense of pride of who we are when all these things are happening to us and then these people are discrediting us and our feelings? How are we supposed to grow up and be functional, quote-unquote, normal adults? Well, that's the thing. You can't because your family was your first bully. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Ina told me that. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Ina. I love Ina. I'm going to cry. But... Ina told me that. She's like, your family was your first bully. Mm-hmm. And not only were they, they bullies, but the ones that didn't do the bullying didn't support you. Yep. yep. The bystanders. They were the bystanders. That bystander effect is something different. It is. Because that shit still hurts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, you really allowed your yeah. child to do this to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yep. And it's supposed to be all... But because we share the same last name, or because we have the same DNA, I'm supposed to what? Turn a blind eye like you didn't do that? No. Like you didn't say half the shit you say? That's even now. Like, family members now, like, if we get into arguments or stuff like that, people, some family members will take it as, all right, we argued in that moment, and then it's over, and we're going to move on like it never happened. No. No. Because if you said some really, some really deep, like something that really hurt me deeply and you continuously do it me you feeling like you can keep talking to me after that happens is me allowing you to talk disrespect to me that way, you right yeah no so when the conversation is over don't act like it's a reset button no. because it's not because your words Ooh. still stay there Mm. Your words stay there. It's not a reset button. So remember what you said, because I'm gonna remember stand on that shit. Yeah, exactly. stand Keep on that it. same you know energy. Be like, All right, remember bitch. that. Yeah, I'm going to remember that. So don't be surprised when I completely tune your ass out. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm. Yeah, like no. Mm. You better talk that talk. We done woke in the beast. You better talk that talk. Talk your shit, Kate. <laughs> you better talk that talk. I support it. Mm. My name is Kira, and I approve that message. I. <laughs> I can't, but it's true. Like, I am that. Come on now. Like, you can't be that. You cannot be toxic and then expect somebody to just move on the next day. But that's I'm, generational. If yes. everyone's accepting it and yeah. you're not, that's why I mean, I told you, that's why you're the villain. Yeah. Because you won't accept the bullshit. The thing is, I don't even care how big it is or how small it is. We're not moving past it without, you're not going right. to brush past, even with y'all. We're not yeah. brushing past my emotions without having a conversation. Yeah. I'm going to address that shit. Right. Because I'm an adult. Right. And part of being an adult is being able to vocalize your feelings, your wants and needs without attacking somebody. Yes. You don't have to play the victim either. We can have a conversation like, yo, girl, I really didn't like what you did. You may not have meant to hurt me, but you did. Yeah. Right. 
and we could squash our beef, go about going on about our day, or you could gaslight me, mm-hmm. and we would just won't be talking. Right. Because I'm top five to hang the phone up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will leave. Top three. Yeah, yeah, you right. <laughs> and you're not the two or the three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but that ass though, because I just recently got to a point where I'm like, yo, I'm paying this phone bill. Why am I tolerating people talking a bullshit on my line that I'm paying for? Click. There's no click no more. Press. Yep. <laughs> on my touchscreen iPhone that I also paid for. <laughs> Period. It's a large. Oh, a large. Oh, a 13. You know what? I'm out here. Flip. Yeah, right. But back in the day when I had a flip phone, my mama was paying the bill. And if yeah. I flap, she was going to slap. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, we always wrapping around me. Listen, somebody hire us. Book us for your set. (laughs) It's, yo, ask her, I bet you she tell you it's the truth. Not her drinking pickle juice. (laughs) Well, I wanted to eat pickles, but. Oh, Lord. They bullying me. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. But we ain't going to get into that. But, yes. Wow. Mm, This was a great part, too. Yes. Guys. Let's take a turn. Honestly. We did not plan to do a two-part episode for you guys, but we love the feedback. We love the DMs. We love the reviews. We're loving it, loving it. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have any more suggestions, feel free to follow us at The, the One Thing About Us Pod on Instagram. And shoot us a DM and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Yep. And by the way, um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we're kind of dropping merch. So, you know, if you want to be, you know. Dripping. Dripping. Came through drip, drip, drip. drip. <laughs> you know, head over to our Instagram and look at our bio. Click the link in the bio, and you can get some. One thing about us, merch. tees. Yeah. We got tees. We got mugs. We got hats. Yes. Shot glasses. Styling. If you're feeling brisky, we got Ooh. the whole wardrobe for you. And we got yeah. lots of colors. Yeah, we got a lot more to come. Mm-hmm. Yes. Stay so, tuned. Yeah. So we appreciate. All the support, the love, we appreciate it all. And um, love this topic. Thanks for listening. Yes. One thing about me, I'm getting off the air so I can eat some pickles. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We hope you learned something today. We hope that you got to laugh a little bit. You know, we laugh through the pain and we laugh to keep from crying. But end of the day. But cry, too. Laugh with us. Yeah, cry we cry. But we strong. Yeah. Yes. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Peace from the pickles.